How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Custard TV Podcast, the one place on the web where you get all the latest TV news, reviews and previews. How's our week's been? Pleasant All right. Normally, when I get to the podcast recording, I don't normally remember to get a drink in front of me. Normally, you're off your face. Luke often drives me to drinks. You're telling me you've been sober during every podcast (laughs) recording up till now? I've got in front of me half a sausage sandwich. And then, because my mum wanted a cup of coffee, but she's not finished it, I've got half a cup of coffee. Because oh. my uncle wanted a cup of tea, I've got half a cup of tea. But why would they bring you half a sausage sandwich? No, 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 yeah, I've, already like, I, yeah. I've already eaten half, and the other half okay. is here ready for me to eat when you two talk about something I haven't seen or something. Luke, Gary, and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com We bought some whispers from... We- well, Matt bought me some whispers from the pound shop. I won't spoil it and tell you how much he paid. Uh, but- <laughs> oh, Gary, it was it was ridiculous taking loot around the pound shop. It's like, how much does this cost? How much does but, this cost? How much does to this be cost? fair, packet of penguins, five quid. Yeah, they have got some stuff in there for £2 and £5 now. Don't don't you have to be slightly careful in a pound shop in the sense that, although, yes, everything is a pound, (laughs) you have to be careful that not everything is actually worth a pound. No, I know. And that's how they get you. Luke was doing that gag a lot. Gary. It's a good gag. You should have just left him there, Matt. Do you know where else that gag works? It's the 99p store. (laughs) We've got one called Max 99p. So there's stuff that is 99p, but some of it is lower. So the most it would cost is 99p. Let me just tell you that we now have an official confirmation for when Line of Duty Series 4 will start. Even though in in some respects it feels like 3 wasn't that long ago. But Line of Duty 4 starts on Sunday, the 26th of March. They've got a lot of confidence in it then for it to be on a Sunday. And I have now seen, as has Matt, the first step of Series 4 and you're in for a treat. That's all I'll say. Gary, head west. In similar good news that Line of Duty is returning, Game of Thrones Series 7 has also got its release date. It's going to be shown on the 16th of July. Uh, it's going to be simulcast in the UK on Sky Atlantic, so you'll get it at 2am in the morning and then it's normal showing at <coughs> 9 o'clock that night. A couple of renewals and things that are coming our way. Uh, Showtime have announced that they're renewing Billions. Fox UK has announced that they're going to be the television channel in the UK that are showing the new Prison Break remake. 
I think that will be sometime in April. Um, yeah. It's due to start in America soon. I think we're getting it a little bit later. And announced very recently uh, the end of the Big Bang Theory. No, I mean, sorry, the spin-off, which probably does mean the end of the Big Bang Theory. They're going to do a prequel based on young Sheldon. Uh, I'm going to add a bit of news to Gary Goes West. I go ahead, have done yes. this. Sorry. We know we've got some American listeners thanks to uh, our email address, which is coming up later. You can email us questions. Or hold, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Howdy. Yeah. Um, and uh, ITV and BBC have come together in the States to launch their very own streaming service, which is now oh. live in the States and does feature on it some of the shows we talk about that you may not have seen before. It's called BritBox. And it features the best of the BBC and ITV, all five series of Cotton Bailey, which have never been available in the States before, which we've talked about. Uh, you might want to check that out. And to Deck Saturday Night Takeaway, that's on there. State of Play is on there, which we've I think we've discussed before now. Inside Number 9 is on there, which we will be about to discuss. Good Cop, which we discussed a long time ago. So it's another way of seeing <coughs> the shows that perhaps we talk about that yeah. haven't been bought in the US, other places. And For I, BritBox, I saw... it's six ninety nine a month, six dollars ninety nine a month, and it's their version of Netflix. And there's new things added every day, so you might want to check that out. And I suppose what we should say is, if you you're unsure about a show, check our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash custard TV. And you'll probably find a review by one of us telling mm. you about the show, so you can listen to that before you go and try it out. First of all, let's do the new one, which is Big Little Lies. Now, this is HBO's new show. Now, well, can I, believe... I, can I link your, your bit of news about Young Sheldon because Young Sheldon oh, yeah. is in Big Little Lies. He is uh, Shailene Woodley's son. Oh, I think he's brilliant. What's Ian Armitage. Yeah, Ian yeah. Armitage. Yeah. Very good. He's I didn't brilliant. know that. I believe this is based on a book because I've seen lots of people saying, yeah. oh, don't read the book if you don't want to know. Because the, effectively, not only is this, is, is this a whodunit, it's a whodunit too. It's not a sequel to whodunit, we should just say. Yeah, the third yeah. one would be whodunit now. Whodunit yeah. now. Uh, and effectively, this mm. has got possibly one of the biggest casts in a, in a programme that doesn't suck. That I've seen in a long time. Oh because my god! I know we're it, west, but I'm not going to let you use that phrase. That's no, but really let's face great it. Summary. Let's face it. We all like the what? idea of things like Fortitude because it had a great cast, but then it turned out to be not as good as we thought. Yeah. This actually turns out to have great names like Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern, and it's actually quite good. This is set in California. And Monterey, it's around uh, Monterey, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's set around a school and the very first day of term for some first graders to a bunch of what I would describe as dysfunctional families. Headed up by Reese Witherspoon. Is She's that one of the because f- you're going to see them deliver a sausage sandwich at any point? So you That's right, yeah. And, they're, and they're bad not- families. Absolutely dysfunctional. Well, no, they're all, <laughs> they're all damaged in some way, I think yes. is what I um, the main sort of sets of groups you've got Reese Witherspoon, uh, mm-hmm. whose young daughter uh, is, and she plays Madeline, isn't it? Madeline, yeah. Madeline Marjorie or something. Ma- Madeline Martha McKenzie. You've got Nicole Kidman, who mm. used to be a lawyer, is a lawyer. She's got twin boys, and is married to a much younger man. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Tarzan. And you've got Laura Dern, 
She said she worked for PayPal, didn't she? Or am I dreaming well, she that? She just joined the board of PayPal, among other things. She's sort of a multi-business woman, isn't she? It and would she... be weird if you had dreamt that, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah I know. But no, it's just because I logged on to my PayPal earlier, so I didn't know if I was confusing the two things. And she's got a young daughter. Madeline, or Reese Witherspoon's ex-husband, has remarried a very bohemian kind of get fit, fit, fitness guru. And Zoe they have Kravitz? a young daughter as well. The lovely oh, Zoe it? Who, look, who does look like her mum, Lisa Bonet. Oh, my God, day. it could be Lisa Bonet, I know. You're right. Was, Gosh, I, I was hoping that. Bill Cosby wasn't going to pop up with all those kids and around. It, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear me, Luke. <laughs> the very sort of basic plot is that on this very first day, uh, the young girl of Laura, Dawn, Laura Dern's character ends up with scratch marks on her neck, looking like she's been, not strangled, but certainly attacked. And the teacher does a very strange thing where she basically mm. does the whole kind of shaming thing Maybe because it's day That's one. That's a bit weird. That would not happen in a British school. No, oh, God, no, no. no. And, and I, I can see why she was doing it. She thought perhaps maybe the young boy might come forward and therefore it's all dealt with. But basically it causes... I wish a, they'd done broadchurch like this. It would save me watching eight episodes. Just lying there. We'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. Who we'll get attacked this woman? We'll Step forward. Yeah. Who attacked her? Oh, it's you. All right, Point. bye. And she points out Ziggy, who is the daughter, the son of... Shane Jane Woodley. Thank you. Now, her name is her name's Jane. Laura. Jane. Jane. And she's the new person to the area. They moved recently. She claims she's a single mother. That um, makes it sound like she's claiming benefits the way you no, said No, no, no. It's well, not I, Daniel Blake. <laughs> okay. She claims she's a single mother. Well, no, more the point is that she claims the father's not in the scene, but yeah, that, that's, yeah, an, yeah. that's for another time. It's sort of like, so that she's the exposition that allows you to be introduced. So as, as they're introducing... Her to all the people you're new to the area, isn't she? She's yeah. a young, so it's a... And she's much younger than the rest of the mothers. You know, she's in what, early twenties. Yeah. Would you say yeah. she I has the child so, yeah. young? Well, well, she was pregnant, wasn't she, in the secret life of the American teenager? So oh, I wonder if this is the baby she's, uh, she had. <laughs> we haven't done enough ABC Family review. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't see, and what is being explained via no interviews and stuff, is. You're, that somebody has been murdered. Well, that's the start of the episode. That's the start it? of the episode. It does a Luke special. Yeah, a flashback oh. and a voiceover. They interview yes. sort of like the secondary characters, parents who've got other kids in the school who aren't like the recognisable main yeah. stars. They're being interviewed about this murder. You don't know who's been murdered, as you said, uh, who done it or who done it to... Um, yeah. But the framing device are these police interviews um, with talking about the characters like saying, oh, you know, Rita Spoon is like this and so on and so forth. And It's something Feud did as well, which we'll talk about next. <laughs> I, I, I had no issue with it at all because what, it, what my main issue with this um, thing is that they show you a <laughs> big important scene ordinarily and then they go, they did it. They did it earlier. throughout, didn't they? They yeah. flashed back and forth throughout. But not in a jarring way. Like Damages used to do this as well. I was going to say that actually it was much more like Damages in the way that you got... It it was kind of like used to kind of like go into breaks and sort of like thing, wasn't it? It was used to kind of punctuate Mm. a point uh, rather than just being scattered around. They're differentiated by the way they're filmed, aren't they? And things like that. It isn't just, as you said, one big scene and then back to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, as good as the adult cast is, is get, I'm going to praise the young cast. I thought mm. every, I thought the young yeah. cast were brilliant, very believable. 
He's got uh, no, a very genuine. sort of yeah. The the actor who's play, who plays Ziggy, he's got almost like a sort of bad seed thing about him, hasn't he? Oh, I mean, God, yes. Am I right in he... saying there was a little flashback when they said about strangling? Did the mother have a, stra- a flashback? Well, he or... keeps like appearing at her bedside, doesn't he? That's the yeah. Sort of appearing. It was a little bit recurring... of something, as you say. I mean, we talked about like the flashbacks and stuff, but there's like recurring images of things as yes. well, especially involving yeah. the Shailene Woodley character. Ziggy says, "I didn't do." this so they yeah. it sets up a feud between laura dern's character and shailene woodley who is sort of being backed by reese with the spoon yeah um but then there is the feel that he is like this weird there's something weird about him we have had such a wonderful morning but we need to have a little chat and it's a little bit serious okay someone hurt annabella excuse me Amabella. And I would like whoever it was to come over and apologize, okay? Because we don't hurt our friends at school, do we? No. No, we don't. And if we do, we always say... Sorry. Sorry. That's right, because that's what big first grade children do, right? Yeah. 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 Amabella, you think it was an accident, baby? An accident? Look at her neck, for God's sake. It has marks on it. Amabella, sweetie, can you tell me if it was a boy or a girl? That was a boy? What was his name? Maybe she doesn't want to say. Well, um, Mrs. Klein, my problem is that the children don't know one another's names yet, so Amabella cannot tell me who... We're not just going to let this go. Absolutely not. Amabella, sweetie, could you maybe point to the boy who hurt you? Come on, really? This boy? No. Him. This boy? Yes, he tried to choke me. What? It wasn't me. Yes, it was. Ziggy, sweetie, we just need you to say sorry. I didn't do anything. Are you sure that it was this little boy, sweetie? Can you say you're sorry to Amabella? She's hurt quite badly. It wasn't me. Ziggy, look at me. Almost. You don't have to lie. We just want to say we're sorry. Ziggy doesn't lie. I can right. assure you Amabella's telling the truth. If my son says he didn't do it, I believe him. Um, you know what? I, I don't know if this is the best way to deal with this so i agree um, but now we are so maybe the child needs to take responsibility for his actions and he needs to see there are consequences little boys don't get to go around anymore hurting little girls and none of us want to raise bullies so we don't have to pretend we didn't do it it's okay i believe you can you you just make your son apologize renata stay out of it I can't make him apologize for something that I know he didn't do. All right, we will schedule a meeting for another time. We can handle this later. We have a new acid test on this podcast. It's developed over the last few months where we have all individually through different shows said, I didn't believe that this would happen or I didn't believe this is real. Within the show... Gary, did you believe what you were saying? Certainly the school life bit, yes. I'm not going to say I've got any real-life example, but I can certainly believe... That the bad way that the teacher handled that would would build that kind of would build that feud and resentment. We don't know who's been murdered, so we don't know if it has anything to do with it. We assume it does, 
you know, it might be that, uh, you know, the Skarsgård guy, you know, kills Nicole Kidman. We don't know until we know about the murder. But yeah, I believed everything else. Especially Reese Witherspoon, who does feel like that mum, that old sort yeah. of... Her yeah. character, I think, you brought into the world. If there was one element that I didn't particularly <laughs> like, it was Nicole Kidman. I just felt, that, certainly in this first episode, she didn't have mm. as much to do. She did a lot of like poignant staring into the distance, mm. mainly, compared it to a couple of shows. But it had a sense of uh, Desperate Housewives about God, it. God, I was just going to say. Yeah, like a sort of classier stuff. version of Desperate Housewives, really. Yeah. But yeah, no, I... I... I think I brought into the world, I think it mainly to do with the performers maybe, but they did do that good thing about these sort of gang of women who've had like a lot of things handed to them and then this outsider coming in. I mean, I did like Reese Witherspoon, I did like Laura Dern, I did like Nicole Kidman, but Shailene Woodley is just... She's she a fantastic just, She's fantastic and I believed every bit of her. I've seen, there's been four out in the States, I've seen three I will see for when I get the chance. I'm, I'm in on this for the long haul. Matt, is this the show that you will go back to, or is this? A I, one might done for you? I might oh, do. I might do. Oh, almost, almost. I might do. I'm not almost saying. I'm not saying no, but I, I might do. I'm still with the good fight. I'm. I'm got, and, and I'm keeping so up d- with. Does that mean you weren't intrigued enough, perhaps? As it's only a seven, I might just a seven, stick with it. Yeah, and yeah. it's based. And it is based on a book, as we said. It doesn't feel very David E. Kelly, though. This is the first one of his that I've liked as well, Mm. really. I I think I will stick with this, but I'm quite happy to to wait for the next episode on on the Atlantic. I might might watch a couple together like I did with the first series of The Affair and then I can imagine that being (laughs) that working quite well because you'll get a pattern, you'll get in a rhythm of them. That's currently being shown on Sky Atlantic on Mondays. The Uh, next show we're going to talk about hasn't got a UK uh, home. Yes. Yet. The other show is Feud. Now, this is a Ryan Murphy. Now, if you recognise that name, you'll know him from American Horror Story. Uh, American Prison? Crime Story. American Crime Story, <laughs> anything with America in it. And you can definitely tell his influence. If you're a fan of his work, then you can certainly see that. You may have heard, I think we mentioned it on the show last week, that the next series of this show is going to be based on uh, Charles and Diana, potentially. Uh, and this series is based on a very 50s Hollywood uh, argument or feud, as 60s, it were, between sixties, uh, fifties into sixties. I'll give you that. Is the production of the film takes place in the sixties, and yet the interviews take place in the eighties. So pff, they basically start telling the story from the from the viewpoint of uh, another Hollywood actress, Olivia de Havilland, and uh, she's played by somebody that I didn't I recognise, but I couldn't give you the name. Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones. Thought I recognised. She was wearing a wig. And basically, no, they're trying to tell you. couldn't watch the... the Americans. No wonder you had to stop. If they're all wearing wigs, you completely lose. <laughs> I know, I'll be stuck. I can't work out who's who. This talks about the, the, the Hollywood fight between uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, both of which were Oscar winning actresses in their 20s and 30s, both on big Hollywood contracts which before the war was a big thing. You know, uh, studios owned actors and actresses rather than them being able to make shows wherever they wanted. Both of them were in the sort of latter parts of their career. And it starts off with a big part about Joan Crawford and about how in her later life she wasn't being offered good parts. She hadn't worked for three years. She was having money problems. Her rich husband had died and I assume she either drank or smoked away the fortune. You, You learn how she basically finds this book uh, whatever happened to baby Jane and kind of forces the director played brilliantly by Alfred Molina to get the movie made. And it's Jessica Lang that's playing Joan Crawford. Is that mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. Okay. Now, the other part of it is that uh, there's this feud that's been ongoing with Betty Davis, who's played by... Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon, thank you. Joan Crawford convinces Betty Davis, who's doing bit parts on Broadway, to come back to Hollywood and act in this movie with her. It's a, it's a role for older women. I'll get you the perfect co-star. What do you have in mind? Betty, I promise you this is going to be the greatest horror movie ever made. Why this picture? We feel like Crawford and Davis may be a little long in the tooth. Why don't we go just a little bit younger? You want me to work with her again? Are you crazy? Never! Never again! Care to comment on the fact that Miss Crawford says you look old enough to be her mother? You gotta keep them at each other's throats. You have to. Lose the shoulder pads. I beg your pardon. And cut back on the lipstick. You're playing a recluse who hasn't seen the sun for 20 years, for Christ's sake. I might have something, but you didn't hear it from me. Blind item, my specialty. You are just trying to throw me. I'm trying to help you. I don't want to end up a joke, Bob. You won't let me look ridiculous. Of course not. Pure, naked rancor. I love it. I want more. And action. I barely touched her. Did you get it? It's an awful lot of plot and story before anything really happens, isn't it? It's a lot of explaining what happens at the time. And again, there's a lot of famous people in this, a lot of star power again being used. What did you guys think? I mean, obviously they go on to make the movie and you know, obviously the movie is fraught with problems. You know, one of the best scenes is where Joan Crawford's character finds out that she's being paid £600 less in expenses. It's all a battle of wills and ego, isn't it? The thing you sort of didn't mention there, Gary, was that it's sort of the the reason that they want to make this movie is to almost play off the feud between the two of them that is well known in Hollywood. Um, I, didn't, that's what... I didn't really get that impression that they wanted to do that. I felt it was more, there were no good roles. This was the only good role and it needed two. I think that's part of the reason that she wanted I... Betty Davis to play Baby Jane. Because and, people and it, knew that yeah. it would... Yeah. Oh, okay. And it, it's all about the one-upsmanship between the two. As someone who knows quite a lot about this sort of early Hollywood system, I think it's sort of well done and certainly well researched. I was reading that uh, Ryan Murphy uh, had like about a four-hour in- interview with Betty Davis just before she died, and oh, was able no to get she a lot. Died. Four hours. <laughs> Well, he's, I've never said, spoken to anyone for that long ever. Well, apparently it was Without meant to be about sandwich or anything. Apparently it was meant to be about twenty minutes, but it went on for four hours. A lot of it's it like was... one of our best of the year podcasts. <laughs> oh, don't. <yeah. laughs> Surely that was four hours. Um, but it does feel like he has got a great love for this this era. I mean, the performances, especially from Susan Sarandon, who I think is brilliant as Betty Davis, mm. and as you mentioned, Alfred Molina and Stanley Tucci, and I love both of their performances in yeah. this. I think they're both great actors. It is all a bit overblown style-wise, the ominous sort of music. I know it's sort of the whatever happened to Baby yeah. Jake. It was almost too much for me. I agree with Gary. A lot of, a lot of it took a long time to get to the feud. I think it, I think it was 59 minutes this episode, and if it yeah. had been a really tight 40 or something, it would have taken that out. Because the whole time you know it's a, what it's about and you want to get there. As soon as it got there and the two were on set and working together, I really, really enjoyed it and mm. really, really bought into it. I've never liked any of Ryan Murphy's stuff. I think he always has something in there that spoils it, like uh, David Swimmer in in, in O.J. Simpson last year. That spoiled the whole show for me because he would pop up saying juice every five minutes and take me out of the action. This, at this stage, didn't have something that ruined it for me. All that I would say is on the downside was that it took a long time 
to get to the point I yeah. wanted it to get to. It could have started halfway through, and I wouldn't have felt like I'd missed anything. Um, yeah, I, su- I, I suppose what he's doing is he's setting up the background, but he's done it too much. That being said, now we've got that, I will watch the next one to see where mm. it goes. Yeah, I'll watch the next one as well, yeah. I because don't think I will, I'm afraid. Well, it's, it's, an- it's another short one, it's another eight, so... Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I will because I'm not as interested in the subject matter. I can appreciate the style of the show. Do you have to be interested in the background? Can you not go all this? Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an interesting story and the performances are very good. I know you've said before you didn't give Mad Men a go because you weren't into advertising. Does that, I, no, does that I, mean I, that you... No, I don't, I don't think there's enough in here to keep me going. I, I just don't know. I, I mean... I don't think it's the same as Mad Men, where it's, it's the subject matter. I just think I'm just not that invested or bothered. Would you like a fourth opinion from one of our listeners? Yes. Yay! Let's get... <laughs> here right somebody, now. Somebody's going to talk some sense. Go. This is from a regular uh, email, Elizabeth Gardner from Austin, Texas. She didn't know we were talking about Feud, but she emailed in because obviously, as we said last week, we'd like to know people are um, uh, watching... Yeah. Uh, she yeah. she starts by saying she's going to sign up to CBS All Access once all the episodes of The Good Fight are on there. She's going to sign up just for a week. Mm. <laughs> pay, for a, well, pay for a week, well, watch ten, them all. Ten days. Yeah, but she can do two or three in a day. Yeah. yeah. New miniseries from Ryan Murphy called Feud. Story of uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford's strained relationship. Critics who have seen five of the eight episodes have questioned why they needed so much time to tell this story. I'll have to see if I start wondering the same thing. Watching Lang and Sarandon act like the actresses they put there portraying is very interest, very entertaining, in my opinion. I have to say, I was more interested by the end than I thought I would be. Actually, my nan would have loved this because she was a big Joan Crawford fan. Mm. All these, re- I think the thing is where I'm not interested. All these little references they're making to Mildred Pierce, Kirk Douglas, and people and films that they're talking about, I've not seen and I'm not a fan well, of. nor have I, nor no, have sure, I, nor have I saying, have any interest in. I have. What I'm, I know. Up, what Matt. I'm saying is <laughs> the older generation who will have seen those things might have an interest in seeing this. This might be a very good kind of BBC Two show. There's some F and Jeff in there as well, though. There's a bit of F and Jeff, our friends F and Jeff. (laughs) That's what FX must stand for, I think. (laughs) I think FX is just F in sex, and that's what it stands for. So, to sum up, it doesn't have a UK home. Gary's done uh, in one. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And in a podcast first, Matt has said he will keep going. Now A. And now, over to Matt. Hello. 
I'm back to life. I'm making you work for it this week. That's right. I like the dramatic pause. <laughs> uh, Broadchurch uh, carried on its um, run this week. Um, we got. Oh, you. God, it... he didn't. Didn't he paint the picture with his words? <laughs> it's like I'm there. I, I was, uh, <laughs> was going to say, I was going to sign you some analogy of a sort of car gradually running out of fuel, but. Um, so. I mean, I, I, you could just repeat what I said last week, really, about them continuing the investigation into... I mean, the, the police storyline, the Julie Hesman Hall stuff, was pretty much more of the same, really. I mean, we delved more into the life of the taxi driver, who... Yeah, um, the liar. It's like a regular... Why did he thing, have to be you know? called Clive instead of what his name is? That's oh, I think that a... just was a little bit to show how much of a liar he is, I think. In, in news that I'm sure Luke is very happy about... Um, Mark Latimer is now wanted to go after Joe Miller again in court. Uh. And there was also the stuff we we got a bit of follow-up on um, Olivia Coleman's son. What's his name? Now Tom. Tom Who um, was still looking up porn on his phone and uh, got punished by cleaning the church. Nothing, though, on the follow-up of the uh, Broadchurch Echo, though. No magic. Can I, can I just add in there? Are we supposed to believe that the, the scene that he and his mate were watching... Could possibly have been the attack on Julie Hesmondala's character. I thought there was something in that. I don't know. For I sure. don't know whether it is. Or we is that supposed to be a red herring that he's throwing in to make you think that? I'm not sure. Really, I, this this to me is now something that I'm sort of just half watching because I know we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. It. I put it on Twitter last night. If the family weren't if we weren't watching it as a unit, then I, I this is me done. It doesn't do anything other than irritate me now. It. If if you look at it, if you look at it, and perhaps you'll be able to see this in the next episode, Gary, there are no likeable people in it. No likeable people outside of David Tennant, who I sometimes find annoying, and Olivia Coleman, who is almost too sugary sweet because everyone around her is annoying. Even Julie Hesmental, who I praised heavily in that first episode. I'm finding her annoying now. I don't (laughs) like her character. I don't. I'm going to end up being the broad church apologist then, yes. because I'm still liking this. Why? Why, Gary? I like Olivia Common and David Tennant. I think their interactions are believable. But do you like real. the we characters? About... Do you we, like we... the characters of Miller and Hardy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why? I do. I, I, because I think <laughs> they show it, that there's that tension between them that you have to have between these people. You forget that David Tennant came in as her boss. And she was resentful of that. You got a little bit of that this week. A little bit, you know, and they didn't mention it. But if you know the stories of the story of Broadchurch, you know that. And you know that there's that kind of like, oh, you're my boss and I have to respect you. But you're wrong on this occasion. And and she's kind of almost mothering him again, isn't she? Like she did in the second series. So I do like that. I don't mind the fact that all the men are scumbags. I almost swore there, sorry. And I think Ooh, the fact is... is that's because although... you've been watching FX shows. I've been watching FX too much, yeah. <laughs> There's, there, there is that now, and there is that, that, that nice reveal at the end where they show you the board. Now, normally when you get a board in a police show, you get a picture and a two or three names. They are working this angle really well, that there is a multitude of suspects. 
And I know that that infuriates you two, but I like the idea that the biggest job that they've got with diminishing, you know, uh, resources is that there are so many suspects and they know so but little about a lot. Doesn't of them. that doesn't that mean that the next episode will just be the same as the the third and the second, just them interviewing more people? Sure, but who, who have they, they they haven't actually discarded anybody yet? They haven't said, well, it wasn't him. We think we've seen the guy that's done it. Is that fair to say that oh, by I now? I don't care. Oh, yeah, I know that's the problem, it. and that and that that's where I think we're going to struggle in the next couple of weeks. As Luke said last week, uh, finding out who raped her in the last episode isn't going to be like that big reveal. That big, you know, what's the what's the most you can expect from the finale, Gary? Is what I'm saying. There's not. Yeah. Well, the, I I think I think if you're if you're trying to tell one story, and I agree with you that a second story would be good. If you're trying to tell one story, that then they find the murder, they find the person who did it in the last episode. But what is yeah. going to be the impact of that on once it's oh he raped you oh well now I can move on sort of thing. Whereas in well, one it was a murder that rocked every character in that town because it was it was you know uh, Joe Miller and there, that had. An I impact. wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past Chris Chibnall to link it back into the. Uh, oh, well, guaranteed yeah. Joe Miller's going to turn up in this series at some oh, yeah. point. It's far, here's, a, here's a question. I, here's a question. Telegraph that far too well, you know. Here's a question I have. Um, I don't. I've just picked these two actors out the. Just thinking about things. If we replaced Olivia Coleman and David Tennant with people like I don't know Neil Dudgeon and Claire Goose, mm. we, we would we would not be watching this. This is a poor show elevated by two fantastic leads. That's what you've got to remember. Podcast meeting. How do we go forward effectively with these reviews and not turn it into you two being disappointed, me okay with it, and one of the other kind of trying to drag the other way? How do we review this show for the next five weeks well, effectively? Chris Chibnall needs to book his ideas up and write a decent draft. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, Gary, don't get me wrong. If something happens that interests me, I'm not going to go... So I'm are we saying it. that we don't do Broadchurch reviews unless something else well, happens? Well, Luke has just said he's going to keep watching it because his family would. I don't know whether that's a great... That's not, That's going to make you resent it even more, isn't it? No, but... Yay. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I, I, missed a couple, I missed a couple of series too and the world didn't fall apart. I might, you know, miss... Because we're not even at the halfway... Next week is halfway and... I just don't know. I don't know do whether... Do you think, Gary, do you honestly think this is a good drama? Do you honestly think... I think it's a watchable drama. I think there are good things about it. I do sometimes find myself agreeing with points that you two make. Yeah. I do think you're a little too negative sometimes, but then if you if you feel strongly, that's 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 how you feel. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's dull. I, as I say, mm. I find myself doing other things while I'm watching. Like how you felt about the replacement that you said, like you enjoyed yeah. bits of it, but you got bored and you didn't. I, I'm feeling that way about Broadchurch now. It's just there. Well, that, it, that's yeah. what I'm saying is, yeah. should we be having this conversation every week? And this is where I'm going to turn it out to the listeners a little bit. And I'm going to say... (laughs) Elizabeth, what do you think? Well, no, but seriously, how are you finding Broadchurch? And do you think we should do five more weeks of... Because I don't seriously think they're going to change it in a way that's going to make you sit up and take notice. If I know know the way this guy writes, I think it's going to be a slow reveal to the end. 
You're probably absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and and that's where I just think, do we really want five more weeks? It, of, it, of, may, of it, <laughs> it, may, it makes me wonder whether Series 1 was as good as we thought. I'll have to, I mean, Well, you often said it? we should go back, you want to go back and watch it. I and think it was. I think, I think, no, no, I think it was, because I think you had those characters, you had then, they were more likeable, you you know, like the Olivia Coleman. she was sort of lovable, she, you had that tension, that felt proper then because as you mm. said he come in he was an outsider i think you had like um david bradley was really good you know you yeah thought vicky he, mcclaw was good vicky mcclaw oh, yeah yeah, yeah. will meller yes. no. <laughs> stop it now and it was really well paced you had a you had a structure it did feel like that nordic noir where you had that structure and now it's just carrying on for the sake of it because it's Broadchurch. It never builds to anything for I, me. I think what I would agree with is that since Broadchurch Series 1, which, let's face it, was, was as, as close as we get to like a television event in this country, well, other I shows... Say the Missing 2 and Line of yeah, Duty 3. Well, that's what I'm saying. That Their other shows have surpassed it. They've mm. taken the televisual event and they've written it better and, and i think that's the problem i think um, Broadchurch one as well has sparked all these things now where every after every episode of like a mystery drama you get five burning questions we've got after all oh, five yeah, well, i don't read them after. but they, I they don't that, but that I, that's it's not just the radio times it's about seven different probably oh, yeah. BuzzFeed and the huffington post and places like that i don't remember there being a lot before that outside of like guardian blogs and stuff like that it feels like now every it's in mainstream media yeah. isn't it, what you're yeah. saying it's not just television writers but all mainstream media know that they can get hits off you know our theories on Broadchurch. yeah i agree with that and i, I see a lot think, i just don't think this story is strong enough to support the art whereas the murder of danny miller was Danny Latimer, the murder That's of Danny Latimer. Oh, Danny Latimer. Latimer. That's Sorry. It. Yeah, we got you. I'm getting went... confused. I was doing their couple name. <laughs> Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. Inside number nine, let's move on. Let's um, talk about which that. Which was uh, Diddle Diddle Dumpling. So, yes, this focuses on Rishi Smith's character, who's a sort of house husband, stay-at-home dad. It starts with him going out jogging, finding a single uh, a black, black man's shoe. shoe. <laughs> black man's shoe. Um, he's married to Keely Hawes, um, and there's some sort of tension there that you get the impression that something's happened in the past. He gets obsessed with finding the owner of the shoe, putting up posters and putting stuff online, trying to... Um, there's a bit with, on the radio, isn't there, with Danny Baker? Danny, Danny Baker, Baker show, yeah. Five uh, I just found these stuck on all the lamppost down the street. Yeah, I did 20 of them, but the printer ran out of ink. Found one black man's shoe. Oh, no, I wasn't sure about that either. Because it could sound like we're saying the shoe belongs to a black man. It might do, we don't know, but do you think we should change it? You've put our number on it. Well, how else are they going to get in contact? Well, I don't want them to get in contact. I, I, I just don't like the idea of our number being displayed up and down the street. So what? Well, th- people can call us, find out if we're in or out. I mean, burglars. Oh, you're making too much out of this. You haven't even put a picture on it, David. It's just a, a stupid drawing. Well, I'm not going to give away all the details. I'm mean, anyone could claim it. They'll have to describe it to me when they get in touch. It is a single tramp shoe that you've... that you found in the street. Now, just give it to Oxfam. Well, they won't have it. They wouldn't take those Angelina Ballerina videos. Nothing wrong with them. Because they're videos. People don't have videos. Players anymore. The library does. 
I'll get it. No, you get it. Ask them exactly whereabouts they lost it. And don't mention the size. Hello? Hello, Mum. The story builds around this, and it's sort of this sort of obsession takes over his life. Possibly, and I do have other favourites of Inside Number Nine, but this. 12 Days of Christine. This was something very special to me because I found it very funny in places. Watching it a second time, which I did, it works even better, I think, because you can see. Could we say what the twist is on this one or not? No, I just because the okay. whole the whole premise yeah. of Inside Number Nine is the twist. Mm. I think if you okay. give away the twist, you're kind of ruining it. Because at first you think, oh, it's completely, you know, ridiculous that this man is obsessed with finding this shoe. They play it so brilliantly. In the world, it works so well. I have nothing but but good things to say about this, and I think Rishi Smith and Steve Pemberton. I, I said earlier, I don't know how Jed does it, but I don't know how they do it either. Pe- coming out with Pemberton with, has a sort of supporting role in this, doesn't he? Yeah, He's a colleague role. of Keely Hawes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He brings up the fact that there has been some sort of tragedy that's affected yeah. both of them. I heard a noise there from Gary that that sounds like he doesn't agree. I'm un- I, no, I'm worried that Luke is is praising this show very highly, and I'm a little bit meh about it. I'm not. Oh, you can't be married. No, this. no. I, it's just okay. All right. Go <laughs> on, Gary. No, safe space be... here. Safe space. No, no. I didn't hate it. I'm not going to say that. I, I watched the whole episode. I did feel the emotion at the end, without spoiling anything, and I did like bits of the comedy. But I don't think this was anything groundbreaking or special. I thought it was a good, small, one-act play. Yeah, but they which all I know are. They, 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 that's they, inside yeah. number nine is. And that's what they are. They're a good one-act play. But I didn't feel that there were any huge laugh-out-loud moments, comedy being you know, quite subjective. And I did think there were several parts that were a little bit telegraphed. The Steve Pemberton bit was telegraphed. In what I way? Think, I think it telegraphed the ending. I think it telegraphed the fact that the shoe thing was part of something bigger. Sure. But I uh, think uh, you got that from the from, outset. Apart from the actual thing, I worked it out. I worked, worked out, out what all of happened. it. All no, of it, I, that's that... what I'm saying. Apart yeah. from the final detail, mm, I okay. worked it out. You brought up a point about the karaoke one last week that you said because the twist wasn't as strong, you didn't think you enjoyed the episode as much. But I don't think. That they're totally reliant on the twist. No, I, I, think I think if, if the story writing is again, I, having watched that again, mm. I was a little. I was a yeah, little and I I think that in terms of this, I think the performances between Keely Hawes and Rishi Smith are so strong, and there's so much poignancy in it that it doesn't matter per se if you worked out the twist. I worked out elements of it yeah. beforehand, but I don't think that spoiled my enjoyment of it because the the strength of the writing. The past one, the karaoke one, I think, was a good sort of feel-good one to build into this one, which yeah. really isn't. That had a lot of humour, a lot of, uh, obviously, a lot of singing it being set in a karaoke booth. I think occasionally, because I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Pemberton and Shearsmith going back to League of Gentlemen and Psychoville as well, mm. and you can see elements of things that they've done before, but I think in this, they're confined to the half-hour space, and sometimes it doesn't always work. There are, thing, there are episodes in the past which I haven't been fans of, but I think this... 
this has been definitely the strongest series, I think, of Inside Number yeah, I think as well, I, I found League of Gentlemen hit and miss. The, the first two series, they were more of a sketch show than a sitcom. Yeah. The third series of the League of Gentlemen, where they made it more structured, and then into Psychoville, which was a sort of comedy-drama-esque thing, they have improved their story writing over the course of these two shows. But yes, definitely, I think... You should check. This is one of the strongest ones. I still think I uh, Twelve Days of Christine is the high watermark. But okay. the, this, if you're going to check out one of them, this is me saying it to the listener. Pick of the week. That's oh, where yes. we look at the seven days ahead. Um, good luck, folks. I will go first. <laughs> um, I, haven't even, I haven't even looked. Uh, I was probably going to go for the one that Gary will go for, so I'll get in. Quick. Is that how police mi- police miss the grinder killer? Oh, damn you, Matt. No. Nine <laughs> o'clock. Nine o'clock. No, it's not that one, actually, Gary. Nine o'clock Tuesday, BBC Two. That's this coming Tuesday. Uh, it's uh, American Justice, three-part documentary series about um, how justice works in the States. I've seen the first one today, and it is really, really uh, engrossing, interesting, shot really well, looks brilliant, and uh, kind of in the same vein as Life and Death Row, which is BBC Three used to show so i loved anything like that so that is tuesday nine o'clock bbc2 and now we listen to matt and gary scramble to find something else there's a bottom of the barrel scraping. well i i will say i i will go off uh the tv listings and uh, recommend that people keep watching clique which i've almost finished watching the second episode of and is still quite compelling and uh, it deserves a bit of promotion but my plea to the watching public of this great country is if you have seven to nine hours available to you, get on the BBC iPlayer and watch the epic that is OJ Made in America. If you are in any way a fan of documentaries, watch this <laughs> programme. It, it's split into three long sections on the BBC iPlayer. I think it, I think BBC Four showed it, but I don't know where how long goes. It is very long. It's the complete opposite of the American crime story. Don't worry about that. There's not going to be anybody popping up in a dodgy wig shouting juice all the time and it is fascinating i mean if you're in any way interested in what actually happened and this buzz the first whole whole episode is leading up to the crime the second episode deals with the crime the third episode happens sort of afterwards and up to right up till now and it's absolutely fascinating you can get all of it on the iPlayer. so there you are tuesday nine o'clock bbc2 um, american justice check out clique on bbc3 via the iPlayer or the bbc3 site if you know how that works, I still don't. Good luck. And speaking <laughs> of the i, yeah, speaking of the i player, uh, OJ Made in America, Gary's pick you can find there as well. Okay, so um, at Luke Custer TV, we'll do the Twitters first. At Luke Custer TV, at Mads TV Bites, and at the Gary Show. Facebook.com forward slash the Custard TV. YouTube.com for individual Custard TV reviews there. Uh, that is youtube.com for slash the custard TV email address. I will hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Matt has those details. <laughs> Here's Matt with a quick reminder. Mm. At, uh, what are we doing now? <laughs> the, the email. email. <laughs> why we Custard TV reviews at gmail.com. Well, there uh, you go. Let us know what you're watching. Let Gary know if we should continue watching Broadchurch. If you can, we'd love. A review on iTunes, good preferably, but we won't. It, <laughs> we won't yeah. make you. Yeah, it's yeah, every rating and reviewing gets us higher up those old demographics and whatever. Yeah, and the, if, the, have we, have we cracked the TV charts now that we've I been in there? Know. 
Has anyone checked? Perhaps if we hadn't released a podcast the same week as Ed Sheeran released a new album, we might yeah. stand a chance of cracking the <laughs> iTunes chart. Oh, oh, that's a contemporary that reference. That is a contemporary reference. <laughs> We're going to take a break uh, next week. Matt and I are off to the RTS Awards. Some people there from The Missing, Keely might be there. Uh, people there from National Treasure, although if Robbie Coltrane and Julie Walters will speak to us, that's a whole different thing. I don't know if they think... Jodie Comer for 13. Jodie Comer for 13. She's going to be there. So there's going to be some stars from... Adil Akhtar, who's there for Murder murder by My Father. So that is it. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back. uh, And then we will be on the eve... We'll come back. We'll be on the eve of the Line of Duty premiere. And also, we'll have some celeb. Well, it will uh, be the twenty. It will be the twenty eighth. So it will be Ooh, after. Yes, we'll be about it. It will be yeah. Boxing Day of, of Line of Duty. <laughs> Very true. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.